Clap for that, you stupid bastard. Who's gonna win it? The Celtics! I'll kidnap a thousand children before I let this company die! Wow! Yeah, I thought it was funny. 1-800-CALL-JOE The Playing Catch-Up Podcast Please clap. Coming to you live on tape from the Neller Garage. It's Playing Catch-Up. I'm Brian. And I'm Everett. Today we'll be talking about... Well, we don't really have a main segment thing to do today. We're doing a, we're we're trying to compress things. You know, we're back. We have in, all manner of things to speak about. We're back in college. Everett is, um, in a parking garage. Um, sure am. And we're trying to compress things and uh, not do rambling long topics in the mi- beginning in the middle of the podcast. So today we'll be unveiling a new segment called Quick Take. Where Everett will have 30 seconds to spout off some sort of little diatribe on whatever I tell him to. Then we'll do That's our right. we'll do our classic bozos bozos of the week, and that and but first we have some headlines. Everett, shall we begin? Brian, please take it away. On Thursday, President Biden signed into law his first major legislative accomplishment: the American Rescue Plan. It's actually called the American Rescue Plan Act, but I wanted to cut out the act because it sounds a little... H.R. 1613. It's a little cumbersome if you say American Rescue Plan Act. Yeah, it's not heavy, it's just hard to move around. (laughs) The details of which were covered extensively previously on this program, but the headlining feature are those $1,400 checks. Those beautiful, beautiful checks. Soon to be rolling out. What is your take on this accomplishment, Everett? Um, well, you know, I think it's, I think it's pretty good. A lot of people have, well, by people, I mean, opinion writers for journals of record have said that it's transformative, but looking at how long it took for like big legislation for the past, I think it was four presidents, Joe Biden cut Obama, like he did like it in a quarter of the time. Um, he did it in maybe a third of the time of, of Donald Trump. Um, I mean, it's, it's very impressive. I think it does change a lot of major things, you know, which people have been looking for, you know, not only is it necessary, but these are also, it also includes, even though they had to drop the minimum wage hike, um, it includes lots of things that people have been asking for, for a long time. Uh, like there's, you know, as you were saying, there are, it include or I don't think you did this time, but it includes stuff for um, the the child tax credit, right? Which is essentially a, a benefit for for having children, um, and there's a Thank lot of know. other great great stuff in there. So mm-hmm. overall, I I am pleased. Everett is ecstatic. I'm sitting pretty. I also like this a lot. I wish that. Uh, they had fought a little harder in $15 minimum wage. I understand that there were some partisan roadblocks there, but otherwise, great dub. Excellent dub, you guys. We got this. Huge dub. Thursday night, President Biden held a primetime address to the nation commemorating the one-year anniversary of the beginning of this crisis. He also announced that he is directing states to make all adults eligible for vaccinations by May 1st. Biden also projected that July 4th will mark a return to normalcy for Americans. Brian Foisey, do you buy this this new promise from the Biden administration? Um, I hope so, but um, 
they've had to rejigger this statement several times. I think that he's come out and said various different things about when we'll have um, most people vaccinated or when vaccines will be available for all people. Um, but I think that um, I think that it's feasible given the amount of uh, vaccines that we have purchased. Um, the problem is going to be though the amount of vaccinators there it's going to reach at a certain point that there's going to be too many vaccines for the amount of people we have administering the vaccines so that could become an issue um but you know i i like this idea um july 4th buddy you and me up at, up at the lago independence day flipping some burgers and dogs just grilling it up getting all the now, water brian is this I got a question. Hopping is this along. So you know how I don't know if it was a mandate, but it was essentially a non-official policy mandate because mm. of well how government works. When they were saying the new directive, that's the word I was looking for, yeah. was that teachers would be vaccinated in every state. That wasn't true before he said it. It was like in the 30s and then after that, um now every state vac every in every state, teachers are eligible for vaccination. Um, in Maine, they had this whole policy set up that was based on age brackets. And then as soon as the president came out with that policy, the governor, um, Janet Mills, changed it. Is this a similar situation? And do you expect that? Because the way I was thinking about it was maybe states are just waiting and looking for directives and mm-hmm. if it comes they'll be happy to oblige because they just want coordination yeah uh because he can't um it's a separation of power sort of thing that he can't say on may 1st all adults will be eligible for vaccines so that's why the language in there is that he's directing states to make all adults eligible right. for vaccinations um whether or not they all follow that will also be something um, but I don't think that that's going to be an opportunity for like a partisan grandstand. But you know, I often think that that, that place places where they they take opportunities to, to do partisan grandstands are um, inappropriate. But I, I think that most governors will be like, okay, May first, yes, we'll do that. Um, and some states might you know might open it up sooner. I think that the. Um, States like Maine and, um, you know, North Dakota, South Dakota, probably. I'm, I'm talking about out of my ass here. I have no idea. I don't got my finger no, on the No, it makes sense because process. Alaska and Arizona are already there. I think it's 16 plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing Ketchup's favorite punching bag, Governor Andrew Cuomo, is still fucked. Since our last episode, a number of women have stepped forward alleging sexual harassment and assault against Governor Cuomo. Cuomo denies these charges, and um, just before we started recording today, he held, I think it was a press conference, um, I'm not exactly sure, but he said um, some weird things. He's, he denounced cancel culture and said that he will not resign. Um, kind of a bad look for Cuomo to be like, cancel culture. Um, but I think that, um, you know, Beyond these allegations, which are serious, I think we should also... There's been a sort of de-emphasis on the sort of corruption elements of what um, Cuomo's being accused of. I think that the for whatever reason, people are shifting from what he um, what the government did in New York to 
um, the, um... What the governor did? Yeah, what the governor did, because I guess that's probably a better story, but since our last episode, it was revealed that New York's undercounting of COVID deaths from nursing homes was a strategic choice to downplay the situation, not simply a clerical error. It also came out that the state directed hospitals to use home for the severely mentally and physically disabled as overflow for patients sick with COVID. Everett, what do you expect to happen first? A Cuomo impeachment or a Cuomo resignation? That's a good question. I can't say that I know that much about New York state politics, but generally, I can at least understand that with the exception of the last administration, impeachments are are extremely rare, and when they do happen, as with the case of Nixon, um, if it's if they're actually guilty, again with the exception of Donald Trump, um, usually they just resign first. Mm-hmm. But so the the thing is now, I, I'm I'm not sure if the two impeach well certain certainly then actually the two impeachments of the president will probably change the way that people people in power think about how to use it that maybe they can just breeze through an impeachment unless there's actually extremely broad support for their removal and maybe an impeachment and not a conviction isn't really a big deal um because Cuomo has seemed like he's extremely resistant to resigning he's sticking to his guns he as you said he's denouncing it as cancel culture has he even apologized can, can I tell you one quote that's happened that he said in that press conference, yeah. Uh, this is I'm reading for the New York Times. He said that politicians who had called for his resignation without knowing the facts were quote reckless and dangerous. He continues, the people of New York should not have confidence in a politician who takes a position without knowing any facts and substance. He said, adding that quote, politicians take positions for all sorts of reasons, including political expediency. He added that. Quote, part of this is that I'm not part of the political club. And you know what? I'm proud of it. Hmm. So. And he's there referring to. He's Gerald referring Nadler to. Well, and... Yeah, Nadler, um, Jamal Bowman, um, AOC, a lot of other people. Like 14 members of the you know, congressional delegation, 57 New York Democrats in total. Um, but not neither of the state senators have. Um, come out saying anything about this really um right it's kind of sad a little update to that previous point after our recording this episode kirsten Gillibrand and chuck schumer put out a statement saying that they ask um that they're asking cuomo to resign um so that previous information we gave out is incorrect it seems like a resignation is imminent um nancy pelosi was on uh this sunday shows this morning and uh, she declined to say that Cuomo should resign. Um, but it seems like pretty much everyone in the apparatus is telling him to resign, except Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden. In a primetime interview that aired Sunday night, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry detailed the events that led to them leaving the royal family, along with creating a general state of isolation, loneliness, and exclusion for Meghan Markle. The couple alleged a number of specific serious incidents that led to their leaving the family including denying Markle treatment for mental health and a member of the royal family asking how dark their son's skin color would be. Brian, what kind of long-term impact can we reasonably expect this to have on the reputation 
of the English royal family. Well, Everett, I think we have a, a scandal of this magnitude um, every so often with the English royals, just because of the way in which that system is set up. You could compare this to, um, you know, while it's not a one-to-one comparison, um, to a lot of the stuff that uh, Princess Diana was going through. Um, and you could also, you know, Prince Andrew has been another situation where um, certain behavior is tolerated within the royal family, but then they don't protect outsiders, you know? This whole situation is right. really... Um, about who is on the inside of the royal family and who's on the outside. Um, but also, this is kind of all trivial. Beyond the fact that, you know, these are serious allegations, it's not like... Um, it's it's hard to classify, you know, because it's a, it's, a, it's a government entity to some extent. But it's also celebrity, but it's different, you know? Especially for people. Right. Someone in, well, yeah, in, in, you're talking about a head of state, but you're also yeah. you know, talking about someone who's it's essentially not like, it's, ceremonial. It's not like this happened, you know, it's not like this is Joe Biden's family or something that we're learning about this. Right. It's something or Boris weird. Johnson's. Yeah, someone in the, in the, an English person could better explain this to us, but I think it's a, it's a weird place that the royal family occupies within culture. That they're political, but not. They're pop culture, but they're not. You know? And it's hard to say whether or not this should be as big of an issue as it is. You know, where do we put this? Do we put this in the usual celebrity tabloid, as well as gossip, you know, entertainment stuff? Or is this more like a political scandal? It's hard to say. Um, But a lot of what they said was, you know, obviously shocking to hear. Um... And really sad for them to go through. To get back to the question, long-term impact. Honestly, I don't think this will have too much of an impact. You know, two years down the line, we probably might be still, we could be still talking about this, but five, ten years, you know, that's the way that people in the royal family think about these sort of things. It's not like, you know, mm-hmm. um, are we going to dominate the coverage tomorrow? Or are we going to resolve this issue tomorrow? with these institutions that are so large, it's like, okay, in 10 years we'll be fine, and we're fine with that. We'll be we'll be fine when, when Prince William, you know, takes over. Um, and that's fine. We don't, we don't have to become all of a sudden so much better in everyone's eyes tomorrow. Um, right. But definitely, you know, a weird situation. And a, a sad situation for Harry and Meghan. But. I must agree. All right, that's it for the headlines. Um, we're let's, done. Let's take a little break. All right, we're back. I want ice cream. All right, we're back. Yes, we are. Welcome back, huh? Yeah? Oh, thank you. (laughs) It feels good after an extended hiatus. Yeah. We took a few weeks off. That's fine. And you you have to, you know? What have you been up to? Let's do a little life update here. Life update. Let's see. I I I moved back to university, so I'm I'm back in the great Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Woo! It's it's pretty warm. Um, I mean that's about it. You know, I'm I'm reading. I'm writing. I'm studying it up. That's Cla- that's life, man. Classes life going in well. the city. Getting some good grades. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
Well, that's what I'm here for, man. Yeah. Um, me? Haven't done too much. Got back from vacation from the nondescript location. Undisclosed, right? Yep, yeah, I'm in my near the end of my 10-day quarantine. Um, mandated by the regional school unit 21. Um, Good. I'll be I'll be out of there soon. Be able to walk around. Um, I'm gonna order a water co- watercolor kit. I'm gonna paint some things. I'm gonna have a good time. We're get we're we're that almost there. Sounds like a lot of fun. We're almost there, man. But we're getting someplace. Now we have a segment that's brand new to this show. It's called Quick Take, and ever what I want from you is thirty seconds. Give us all you got. Give us your hottest take on this issue. Okay? We have three topics okay. for you. I will have a stopwatch going on my phone. Oh my gosh. He just pulled it out. He'll be 30 seconds. All right? Hopefully we'll have some okay. cool music. I was the fastest kid in the third grade. You know that? No. They called no. me Mr. Speed. Is that true? No. Oh, I was like, I was there. I don't think I, I don't remember that. I certainly wasn't. Everett baseball season is coming up soon, but some minor league baseball games will look a lot different this year. Major League Baseball announced this Thursday that select games in the low A Southeast Division will be using AI technology to call balls and strikes in games. What's your take? 30 seconds. Calling balls and strikes so that I my hope would be that there's a big robot and a pitcher. It's a, you know, on the mound. Where the guy hits the ball, there's like a big robot, and he sits there, and he's like, hey, man, you know, he's got the stripes on him, and he's like, hey, you got it, or he's like, nope, you missed, and it, it would know because, well, it's it's looking, it's a, it's a sentient robot, it's, you know, it's AI. Otherwise, it would be kind of cringe. I like it, the guy, and he yells, and he says the words funny, like, yo, that's funny. Um, ultimately, not good. That was 30 seconds, perfect. Wow, that's concise. Nothing else. This is sa- training. That was really good. Officer, what's happening? What's happening out there? Oh, a C a CU police squad car just went by to arrest you. Yes, sir. For sitting in, in the um area. Um, How'd I do? Is that's a true story? They're gonna make the robots. Next one. Ever. Okay. I know you love music. I love music. The Weeknd announced this week that he will... The Weeknd. Never again submit music for consideration for the Grammy Awards. This comes after The Weeknd's album this year, After Hours, received zero nominations, and he was not invited to perform. Everett, 30 seconds. What's your take? Um, frankly, I don't know enough about the situation, but I'll say this. The Weeknd's music is quite good. Um, his performance at the Super Bowl was, was quite well done. I enjoyed it. I liked when he was in the tunnel. He was all disoriented. He was like, what? It was hilarious. He couldn't feel his face. Ultimately, I think that's okay because the award shows have been pretty proven to be like, what, racist? That's not good. Um, and I'm glad that The weekend is standing up for himself. You know, that's good for him. All right. Like George C. Scott. You went a little overtime on that one, but we'll be okay with that. No, I was done. I, I was done already. All right, here's our third one. President Biden has made it clear that he will not be putting his own signature 
on the stimulus checks being sent out. If you recall, last year, President Trump delayed the sending out of checks to make sure his signature appeared on every check. 30 seconds, what's the take? Uh, that's good of him. I thought it was kind of dumb. You know, it's just like, it's just like that orange man, you know, to put his name on a check and say, here you go, this, this is from me. Well, it didn't, it didn't get him reelected. And the other thing is, most people are getting these checks from a direct deposit. It's just money is now in the account. So you're not going to see the name anyway. I think it's good of Joe because any normal person, I mean, I realize you have to be a little, you have an e- you need to have an ego to be president, but I'm glad that he's not doing it because Joe is humble. That was perfect. And I, I also admire how not only do you um, make sure you don't go over 30 seconds, but you always, you're, you're getting there each time. You're putting in enough. It's perfect. This is a debate skill. This is amazing. All right. I am highly trained. Last night during the aforementioned Joe, Joe Biden <laughs> addressed to the nation. <laughs> Fox News aired his uh, address with a camera on Fox News commentator Tucker Carlson in the bottom left corner of the entire speech. So you can see him scowling throughout the speech. Everett, what do you think about this? 30 seconds. So it is correct that he was only just looking at... He he doesn't say anything. He was just scowling the whole time. This was a 26-minute speech, right? Something that's weird. 24-minute? It was really good, by the way. Not surprising, because Tucker's stupid, and apparently he's the only thing Fox has left. And didn't he just, like, say that he hates women and the military, too, when Tammy Duckworth said, F-word you? That's great. Good for Tammy, because go Illinois. But ultimately, I think it's stupid. I don't want a little talking Tucker Carlson head ever. Amazing. And yeah, that's right about Tucker Carlson. He was like... I think that the um, the military came out with they have flight suits now for uh, maternity suits for fighter jet pilots, um, and Tucker used that as a um, branching off point to basically say that um, women should not serve in the military, <laughs> which was oh right, which was which was funny of him, not funny but you know. Um, Really stupid. Imagine if ESPN just had a silent Stephen A. Smith throughout, like, the Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA or something like that. And he was just, like... And just earlier, Stephen A. Smith said that women should never play sports ever. Wait, seriously? Well, I mean, that that is the parallel. If we were to hypothetically assume that Stephen A. would have, like, mouth agape watching March Madness in a little corner, (laughs) you know... But earlier he had said no women should play sports. He he looked at he looked at a sport and he was like no. And the reason I don't like this, well actually you can't say that cuz their uniforms look exactly the same. Um this isn't going anywhere. But that would be the parallel. Pretty stupid. I love Stephen A though. Talk about funny. All right, Everett. I think you're going to find this funny. This next one. I need to take a second to um, pull it out. I thought you said there were three. No, I actually expanded the segment because I was like, 30 seconds? This is this will take very long. But, you know, it's not, it's not, it's it's quick. 30 seconds. So, I, I have two One more for done. you. I have a couple for you. Okay. 
This one you're going to like. Everett, Michigan State University recently announced, I think it was actually yesterday, that they will now be called the MSU Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage. That is the new team name for Michigan State University's athletic programs. 30 seconds. What the hell? Can they really be that desperate for money? I mean, obviously, obviously, the University of Michigan is a large, prestigious university, and also, Michigan too, State is the university. Michigan State University. Oh. It's big, it's large, and it's, it's, I think it's, it might be older? No, but that's really dumb. I mean, the Spartans are good enough, but brought to you by what? What do you say? Capital One? Rocket more like, more like the, more like the S Michigan State stupids. Wow, you got that. You, you got I roasted that, them so. You got that insult right there under the, right there under the um, under the timestamp. All right, final one. This I'm is going the last. to insensitively compare this to freestyle rapping. <laughs> this is the final one. Everett Beals, the Iditarod starts on Sunday. Who you got? Um. Balto, because, well, I saw, I read a headline from the New York Times that they're in a similar situation where the virus has gotten to these small Alaskan towns and villages, and like in the movie Balto, they have to get the, the inoculation, you know, the, the influenza thing there. It's just like that. So maybe Balto will come back because he has to save all the Alaskan people. That was 30 seconds. And he would win the identity. That was perfect. Alright, I think that was a great segment there. I I had a whale of a time. Somewhere in between Bozo and the tournament. Right. We should have done, we should do like a whole march full of those brackets, but I should have thought of that before I planned this episode out. March mania. So that we don't have to get copyright stricken, is what you're saying? So the NCAA doesn't... Sue us? Yeah. You know what time it is, Everett. Um... Must be bozo time. Sound the alarm. Who will Play the sound be bite. the bozo? Of the week. You are a bozo. Beautiful. See, this doesn't surprise me because Brian had a very successful career. Look up Brian Foisy at Gunko No, Playhouse. stop. Don't do this to me. <laughs> I'm just trying to advertise your talents. Everett, I have some... <laughs> <laughs> Brian is parodying himself now. That's how popular you are. It's, it's, a, it's an endless feedback loop. A positive feedback loop at that. Everett, this first nominee could be in the running for three-time Bozo. Consecutive? Three Is consecutive? consecutive? Yeah. That would make him Bozo of the Month, just by default. I think that makes him Bozo of the Year. Honestly, yeah. Well, well, m may I take a guess, then? Is it Andy? It's Andy. You are a Bozo! As we've said before, 
Andrew Cuomo, still in hot water. Water that keeps getting hotter, one might say. Yeah, he gets out of the frying pan and into the the oven. Like when you were in the kit, like when you Fire. were a kid, and when you were getting in the tubby, and you're waiting for the water to get hot. So you turned on the hot water, but it wasn't coming out. So you made it really hot so that it would get hot faster. But then it got too hot, so then you have to put cold water in and turn the hot water off. Or like you didn't when, want uh, the tub to you be put too ice hot. cubes in your ramen. No, no, not exactly. Cuomo. Obviously, Bozo. Huge Bozo down there in Albany, New York. I mean, Yeah, do we even need to explain it? At this point, he is the Giannis Anadokounmpo of Bozo. Being a Bozo. Um, Cuomo, number one nominee. Number two nominee. You are a Bozo. Another New York native. You're right there? A native New Yorker. You're right there? Yeah, I'm fine. You shot up and you looked around. I thought maybe the <laughs> there was a there was a shuddering. I was worried the entire building was coming down. <laughs> Wouldn't that be kind of funny if there was an earthquake during this? Um, I guess. I don't know if "funny's" the right word, but it would be not funny, haha. But like, <laughs> funny like a clown. Yeah, Kirsten Gillibrand. The senator from New York, who spearheaded the resignation of Al Franken, who was, um, he resigned from office because of sexual harassment allegations. Um, there was one photo of him on a military plane, um, I think either pretending to grope someone or actually groping someone, um, in a comedic fashion, you know, just, you know, I'm not trying to say that it's funny. There was an air of, of comedy. comedy to he it. He wasn't maliciously. Probably derived from its inappropriate nature. Yes. Um, but anyways, Al Franken got, you know, pushed out. Um, but Kirsten Gillibrand has refused to ask Cuomo to resign. Once again, as a reminder, this episode was recorded prior to Kirsten Gillibrand and Chuck Schumer releasing their statement asking Cuomo to resign, but at the time, she had not done so, so that's why this segment remains in the episode. Um, and that lands her a bozo spot, because I think that's kind of bozo, if you ask me. And I think that's you agree. That's pretty bozo. I mean, you explained the circumstances earlier of how, you know, that's it's a little hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Um or really a lot, on two counts. First, because of Al Franken. Second, because they've been frequent criticizers of Republicans for doing the same thing they are now doing. And as you one explained. could argue that, you know, Al Franken didn't receive that many allegations. I think it was just that one photo and some, you know, uh, hearsay of similar behavior of going too far when joking around. Um, but Cuomo seems like he's like a workplace bully. He's sort of like a Harvey Weinstein type, not to the extent of rape. We don't know yet at this point, but, um, he's a workplace assaulter and there's all this corruption that happened. Uh, I feel like, you know, not to beat a dead horse here, but this is a situation where Curtis and Gillibrand should have stood up and said, Hey buddy, resign. But as a New York native said to me, the other day, 
these New York Democrats rely on Cuomo's support to rinse, win any statewide race, um, and going out against him could jeopardize her career. So, you know. It's political. Okay, our third nominee. That's pretty dumb. Another Kirsten. Kirsten Cinema. Cinema. Kirsten Cinema. Kristen? Kirsten. No, I think it's Kirsten Cinema. It's Kirsten? Wait, is it Kirsten Cinema? Yeah, it's Kirsten Cinema. Yep. And Kirsten Gillibrand. Wow, they're both Kirstens. Kirsten Cinema. How often do you see a Kirsten, huh? But there's two in the same spot. Kirsten Cinema, senator from Arizona, recently voted against the um, $15 minimum wage hike, um, and she did it uh, with a lot of uh, flair. Uh, uh, not necessary pizzazz. flair, a lot of pizzazz. She, uh, when she went up to vote no, she tapped Mitch McConnell on the um, on the back and said, hey, look at this, buddy. And uh, she had her, you know, cute little pocketbook on, on, her, um, on her shoulder, and she whipped around and, you know, gave a thumbs down to the uh, Senate people with a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of pep in her step. She turns on her heel and then uh, saunters away. Um, it was a lot of it was a lot of flair. She really sticked it to poor people. Um, really got them good. Um, and yeah, Houston she Cinema, totally uh, roasted them. Houston Cinema is in a uh, reliably, um, I think, blue. You could say at this point, a reliably blue area. Um, but she uh, did not. Um, I don't know. She did not vote for this, and the, the way she did it was kind of rude. I don't necessarily think this one's gonna win, but you know. No, it, inter- but it's worth pointing out. Interesting, yeah. Because it was dumb. Yeah. More than anything, it was probably just a stupid, like right then decision mm-hmm. that it was terrible optics. The worst thing about it being, and I'm. I imagine it's hard to, or rather, it's hard to imagine she wasn't thinking of John McCain when he was the deciding vote on whether or not to save Obamacare from, you know, the Affordable Care Act from being gutted. Um, very famous clip. John McCain comes in. He looks at the the Senate parliamentarian. He gives him like an outstretched hand and then a quick thumbs down. That is famous because he was breaking with the party Mitch McConnell suddenly looks like he's died. Someone just shot gone to hell. Cheerios, yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, little little guys are like, what? But, you know, that was a big bipartisan moment. That was a big, oh my gosh, John McCain, you did it. And now Kirsten Sinema, Kirsten Sinema comes in like, hey, poor people. Mm-hmm. I, you just got roasted you uh, your own man girl boss yeah and that was kind of weird um and she's a democrat i don't know why she was seeking the approval of mitch mcconnell um i will say that arizona is definitely purple and not reliably blue um in presidential elections it was only just this year that they really won and it was really close um, it was really Maricopa County, Phoenix, um, and Tucson that gave it to him. Uh, but it was, it was close. So I'm, what, look, you, I'm just saying it's purple. 
And she's like, I mean, Jared Golden, the main District 2 representative, voted no on the final act itself. He was the only Dem to, Democrat to vote no. Why? I don't know. He's up in the so county. So he could get reelected. He's up in the friggin' county, man. Oh, Is Jesus. she doing the same thing? Probably not. Because Angus King also voted no on the amendment. And it seems like some of it might have just been, like, maybe not Kirsten, but, like, some of the older guys were like, it's not going to pass anyway. We should just make it a different bill, you know? I'm giving Angus the benefit of the doubt. Um, okay. Our final Bozo nominee. You are Bozo! Go ahead. <laughs> British, former British news commentator. British! Piers, <laughs> our final Bozo nominee, British people. Our final, Piers Morgan. People may recall that this week, Piers Morgan stormed off the set of Good Morning Britain, which I guess is like their Today Show equivalent there. I don't know what the fuck. They're they Good Morning America. They're fucking weirdos. Um, what is it? Wake up on the pond. You should be your sippy your teas and crumpets. Good morning, pip pip cheerio. Let's all watch Mary Poppins and hold hands and Well, there's a supper. there's a Good Morning Australia too. I yeah, mean. it's stupid. Okay, dumb. Good morning, Britain. Stupid. So, anyways, he walked out. Because they're British. Because people were, you know, talking about Meghan Markle, and he didn't like that. He left. Uh, then he, you know, quit. Or he was fired. Who knows? Um, yeah, but Piers Morgan. Uh, apparently, the, the talk on the street is that Piers Morgan once asked out Meghan Markle when Meghan Markle was a Hollywood person not yet associated with prince harry and she not turned yet him, a princess and she turned him down Piers morgan then has had a vendetta against her for several years um frequently uh going after her on good morning britain adding to this um you know tabloid media fervor against her and i guess this moment was a boiling point for Piers morgan and now he's he's done he's done so yeah, they they did they kick him off or did he resign? It's unknown. Know? It seems like he was. He's only, no longer working with them. Yes, he was only get fired if he didn't resign. Um, right. So anyway, those are our four nominees. Everett, what do you think? You know, obviously, you know, I I'm trying to wonder right now what the legacy of of Bozo of the Week should be and what it is now. Because is this like... Andrew Cuomo is a massive Bozo. Mm -hmm. Every week he turns into a larger Bozo. Mm -hmm. You know, he already is one, but the, the curtain is peeled back more and more and we discover yeah, yeah. the... You know, his percentage of being full Bozo is... He's like a Russian nesting doll of Bozo, but if it got bigger... Not smaller. <laughs> yeah, he's just swiftly approaching 100% bozo mode. Now look, I don't think anyone's going to contest that. But is this just, is this just, you know, we hate on one guy, or is he really deserving of being the very worst? Among these nominees, he probably is. If I were to choose another, 
I'd probably give it to Piers Morgan because for Kirsten Sinema, it was kind of just like a stupid decision. Um, you know, so I might that I'm between those two. Where where are you at, Brian? I would I would either do Cuomo or Gillibrand because I think that Gillibrand is doing something bad. Um, she's sort of uh, allowing this behavior to continue with her somewhat tacit approval. Um, silence is violence, as we all know. Silence is violence. Um, I heard that in a South Park episode this week. Um, wow. Yeah, silence is violence, and she's really helping this guy. Cuomo, you know, we keep beating up on him. Um, deservedly so. He's being a bozo. So, um, who knows? Should he get this again? Who's to say? You know? If he, if we were, if we were doing this episode a few weeks ago, and we had the competition between Cuomo and Biden for his Syria bombing, would Biden have gotten it over Cuomo, you think? Um, possibly, probably not. Yeah. Cause I, but like, if you go, if you restrict bozo constructionist, okay. Right. You're following the letter of the law. You're supposed to pick the most bozo out of our bozo nominees. Yes, it's. I would. It's I, I would venture to say that Cuomo is the consensus bozo of this four of this pack. Um. And the, yeah, the debate over whether or not we should keep awarding him this, you know. Well, really, what we should do is just stop nominating him. We, I mean, he'll once he stops being a bozo, I'll stop nominating him. I mean, who else? That's right. Who else this week rose to that level of bozo? No one. Should we have it's nominated Queen Elizabeth? It's not our fault that he's terrible. It's not our fault that he's terrible at his job. Should we have put the queen in this? No, it's not even her fault. Yeah. Um, let's just give it to Cuomo. Come on. You know? I watched The Crown. I know the difficult situation she's in. Let's just give it to the Let's just give it to Cuomo. You know what? For all time's I'm with you. No contestation. Yeah. Congratulations, Bozo. That was an epic Bozo moment. I should really start keeping track of this. Who was the first Bozo? Kevin McCarthy, right? Yeah. So, at the end of the year, we can crown a bozo of the year. Oh. So, let me... So, Cuomo has three. Kevin McCarthy has one. And that's it. That's the, Those are the four bozos we've had so far. Wow. Wow. The bozo tally. I'm starting a new pages document. A legacy. Cuomo is in the Speaking lead Speaking of three. concise, Brian. Mm-hmm. Our hard work brings us almost exactly to an hour. Oh, wow. Awesome. And it'll it'll be chopped down a little bit. They bring it to like forty minutes. Yep. Forty-five. Wow. Okay. Now at the end of this episode, I wanted to say something for next week. Next week we'll be doing our regular show, but I also thought next week the Oscar nominations are coming out. Why not do a standalone episode about the Oscars? So um, next week I'll be doing a standalone episode. Um, maybe with Everett. Maybe not with Everett. Maybe maybe he'll you know want to sit this one out, um, 
But yeah, I'll be talking about the Oscars, the Oscar nominations, movies I liked this year. And um, hopefully we'll have an ongoing series of uh, movies leading up to the Oscars. Uh, I think that's in a couple months. So that'll be exciting. Yeah. And then we'll have... That is. You know what they call Brian? They call him the movie man. You you aren't going to want to miss this one. Yeah. Um, But we'll also have our our regular show. Same bat time, same bat place. Um, Everett, this has been fun. It's a real pleasure, as always, Brian. All right. I simply had a had a, a wicked good time. Even though at the end we're both a little tired. I can hardly control myself. I am about to fall asleep. <laughs> Please help me. <laughs> All right. That's the end of our episode. Thank you for listening. Subscribe. Send this to a friend. Have a great week. We'll see you in the next one. Take care. Not merely by the example of our power, but by the power of our example.